Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend Brad. Uh, not Brad Sykes. Not Brad. Brad is my Brad, good friend. Come Sykes. on. But I do. Brad is much balder than you. Okay. My good friend Doug McCarry of His Light Ministries. And Brad's in Texas, so hopefully he won't hear me refer to his baldness well, right uh, off the bat. Well, here. you know, we are live because when you, when you do stuff like that, it just shows that we are a live program. Right, Jeremy? Jeremy on the board for us in there, our... Uh, producer and uh i'm sitting here looking right at you and, and I, you're calling and I me brad. To say brad but i did catch it before i got it all the way out so, okay hey, i guess we hey, will that'll go on the blooper reel i i guess we will give you amnesty <laughs> on that since that seems to be the talk of the day amnesty for all the people that falsely promoted covid uh falsehoods to try to control people now everybody's wanting amnesty well we didn't know and other people I can't remember. Do you remember when Governor DeSantis, by the way, first came out and said, we're going to open it up. You know, we, we've, we've done our, our, our lockdown and now we, we've got ways to treat it. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up the beaches. We're going to, I mean, remember when the beaches were locked down? Absolutely. And then he opens it up and all across the country, pundits, newscasters, politicians said he was insane. He was out of his mind. Right. And he turned out to be the most sane one of everybody. Correct. Uh, people flocked to Florida. In fact, people are still flocking to Florida right. Right. B- because of his leadership. Well, because the name-calling, referring to him as crazy and insane and not caring about people and all this stuff wasn't really based on completely on or at all on science or 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 on the disease itself it was, it what does science was, have why are you bringing yeah, science into it, it, it david it was based on politics it was based on <clears throat> political views they anything to smear him you know it's interesting i i, I won't name any names not that mm. people would kn- would know this person anyway but i was in the uh, great northeast <laughs> several <laughs> times this year where i'm from and uh was actually talking to a relative and uh a cousin of mine and she brought up just Kind of out of the blue, she brought up some semi-political things, and then she asked me about what I thought of DeSantis living in Florida. And I just said, well, you know, I gave her my honest opinion, and I do like him, and I think he's done a good job in a lot of ways. And and she just, without blinking, said, well, we hate him. <laughs> and, you know, I... Why? I, Did you I, ask him why? Well, that's... I kicked myself afterwards that I should have said... I'm interested to know why you would say that. Can you tell me some of your reasons why? And I didn't. I didn't want to get in a big thing. It was a family outing, mm-hmm. and my elderly dad was there, and I didn't want to get in a big thing. This was his side of the family. And But I thought about that afterwards. It would have been very interesting just to hear, well, well what, what don't you like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what don't you like? Uh, low unemployment, higher taxes, freedoms, you know, what, uh, sorry, lower taxes. What, what, what don't you like? Um, but I didn't get that far. So it, it would be interesting to hear somebody with that opinion give their reasons. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction based on what you hear every day mm-hmm. in that part of the country. Well, um, we we are living in times right now. First of all, if you're just tuning into SWAT radio, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we are on the radio every day, Monday through Friday, from uh, 3 to 4 Eastern Time, 2 to 3 Central, 12 to 1 Pacific. 
I don't even know what time we are over in England, but I know we got a brother listening to us over there. Um, and uh, we are on every day trying to work through uh, passages in the Bible. We're in Acts right now. But during the first segment, we talk about things going on in our culture. And from a Christian worldview, how do we respond to these issues? And, David, we are uh, right now in territory that is really dangerous as far as the medical community. Uh, for years, you know, you always heard it said, well, you got to trust the experts. you got to trust the doctor, right? And, and I, I remember I was watching a program last night that talked about how um, affirmative action had impacted the medical community. Anytime you make a group able to be able to go into a profession simply because of their group, whatever that group is, socioeconomic status, ethnic background, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to have problems. Mm. I want the best doctor I can have operating on me. I don't want somebody who's in that position right. simply because they belong to or they don't belong to a group. Okay. And so uh, the way this has impacted us as a whole is you're looking now at this whole gender-affirming surgery and the LGBTQ community and how rapidly things have changed. Now you have doctors that ideologically have to buy into things because of funding issues, research and development issues, and so they have clearly made a choice where they're going to stand on these mm -hmm. issues, even though you look at the data on it, it is very harmful to take a biological female to uh, cut her breast off and give her hormone replacement therapy as a 16, 15, 16 mm -hmm. year old. And that's happening. Right. And people are saying that if you don't affirm that, it's hateful. Right. It is abusive. Right. And the medical community is standing on the side of the harm instead of the side of good. Yeah. And and they take the Hippocratic Oath, which basically says they're supposed to be in it for the patient yep. and help them out. And that is really sad because I think the trust in our medical community has eroded because of COVID, because of this stuff and other stuff. And you know, ultimately, God is the healer for any of us. I mean, he, he, he uses doctors and medical communities. But right now, these uh, people in these communities, think about it. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the, the movie, or not movie, but the uh, program on TV, MASH. Sure. One Remember of my that? favorites. Absolutely. On MASH, they, you know, had uh, an episode one time where a guy was a homosexual, and he was being evaluated to be put out of the army for that reason. Mm -hmm. But in just a matter of 24 months, um, the American Psychiatric Association and the American Psychological Association uh, changed their position that being homosexual is no longer uh, a psychological disorder. They don't treat it that way. They did for in every culture throughout time, it has been seen right. as detrimental to the survival of the culture. Mm -hmm. But now our culture has codified that ability and said that if you don't respect that, it's hate speech mm -hmm. or you're being bigoted right. toward those people. And I think that's where it's starting to get 
to your point, boy, there's a lot in there in what you said, <laughs> but but it, that's where it's starting to get really scary. And and <clears throat> we've what you just said about that if you don't affirm it or agree with it, it's hateful. Mm. And 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 it and it it even used to be that that that's been going on for a while, and we've talked about this for a while about the new definition over the last twenty years of tolerance. Mm-hmm. That it used to mean that the tolerance was. I I affirm your right to believe what you want to believe as long as you're not breaking the law or or harming every anybody. I, I affirm your right to 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 pursue what you want to believe, but I don't have to agree with it. But but the way that changed over the years is now if I to your point if I don't affirm or agree, I'm I'm hateful, I'm a bigot, I'm a whatever phobe you want to put in front of that word, right? <laughs> But yeah. now, now it's changing from just that cultural, you're hateful, you're unkind, you're unloving, to a, a, a form of legal penalty, right, if you don't agree. So now it, it's moving from just somebody calling you a hater or somebody arguing with you or labeling you, but now we're starting to see the government trying to impose penalty on people for not agreeing or validating well, or well you're not even allowed to argue within the medical field anymore think about this right in the past doctors had every right within you know within reason to treat their patients as they saw fit because they were licensed doctors but now the, i heard they're coming after dr peter mercullah because of his stance on covid and really during the COVID era is when they really started cracking down, saying, no, we're not going to have debate about it. You're wrong. We're not going to listen to that. And you had good doctors who were saying, listen, we can treat this with hydroxychloroquine. We can treat it with uh, ivermectin. They were laughed at, ridiculed, but they saw data and results right. from those things. And now they're they're still trying to come after people in that regard. And uh, it's really hurt our medical community because doctors no longer are sure about what to fight for and even mm-hmm. what not to fight yeah. for. And I'd, I'd love to know how many doctors personally disagree with, quote unquote, protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad was in the hospital not too long ago for, for COVID and fortunately he was he wound up being okay, but when my sister tried to ask the question of the doctor, mm-hmm. well, we don't want him to have this drug, but we'd like him, if you'll do it, to have these drugs or this drug, he wouldn't even discuss it with her mm-hmm. and simply said, when she asked why, he, all he would say is, it's not protocol. Yeah. It's not protocol. There was no explanation given. They don't and, have to. And, and Right. And since when does a patient... Or the family of a patient not have the right to at least have an open discussion about what's best. Well, think about it. In your lifetime prior to last year or two years ago, were you ever not allowed to go be in with your dying relative? No. You you were. I mean, think about that. They said, nope, you can't go in. Sorry, you can't go in. Everybody was so terrified. And a lot of people died alone. It was very sad. Absolutely. And that's a dark day in our history yeah. as a country. Well, my mom died in May of 21, mm-hmm. and we were almost in that situation. And, and 
it's a long story, but essentially the place she was in mistreated my brother on the first day she was there. And the director became so mortified about the way my brother was treated, they went, they fell all over themselves to to treat us well the rest of the time, and we were allowed to be in there. So we we said that my brother being mistreated at the beginning actually turned out to be a blessing because we could be with her. But to your point, a lot of people didn't have that luxury, did they, not have that, that, forget luxury, that right. Well, one guy wrote an article and said that um, basically about the whole homosexuality thing, the most important thing for trans and homosexual people is that they just are true to who they are. That's the overriding factor when in the past we treated those issues as health issues. Um, So, um, okay. Well, I I thought we were going to a break, but it looks like we're not. Um, I didn't hear any music, uh, Jeremy. So we're just going to keep talking. We can do that. Uh, Yeah. Me and and Dave can keep going. Yeah, because I think, um, you know, uh, if you think about if we – if we understand ourselves as doing something that's wrong, just humanly, um, then if we're if we think it's wrong to you know uh, by refraining from doing something we want to do, um, then it's good evidence that doing that thing is necessary for us to act with integrity. Is what Al Mohler quoted. You know, think about that. He's what he's saying is it's. It's more important for you to be who you are than to acknowledge that what you are, uh, you, you don't, you can't be who you are because it's wrong. So in other words, if let's just take it to an extreme, I I watch movies and I go, I want to be a killer. That's who I want to be. I'm a killer. I want to go out and I want to be a serial killer. You can't just do that. Right. And you go, that's ridiculous. Well, it's in the same way. It's just as ridiculous to say, I'm not a girl. Right. Even though biologically, everything in my body says I'm a girl. The only thing that doesn't say I'm a girl is my mind is saying, you know what? I really think I'm a guy. Yeah. For whatever reason. Right. That used to be treated as psychological, as as, uh, dysphoria. Right. Identity dysphoria. But now we're affirming that with radical means and it's growing rapidly like a snowball rolling down a hill. So as believers, we must speak the truth in love. Uh, I just received a, an email or a text. I can't remember from uh, a guy that talked about um, why uh, this is a, a problem within the church. There was an article that came out, David, just um, I don't know if it was uh, today or or yesterday, it was one of the SWAT guys uh, sent this to me, and it came actually uh, out of one of the news stations, but it, it says the conservative Presbyterians lay out why mainline cousins are losing members. It's it's a supernatural battle. It's because the liberal element of what used to be, that there used to just be one Presbyterian church. Right. Now it's split, and the Presbyterian Church USA now has – 700,000 members fewer than it did in 12. Why? Because it has taken a liberal approach to these kind of issues. People are not speaking the truth. And it just reminds me of, um, of Elijah, Elijah, I mean, Elijah, when he says, how long are you going to limp back and forth between these Mm. two opinions? Right. 
And we, you know, we have to be people of conviction of the truth. And the Bible is our authority. Uh, you, you don't let the culture dictate how we interpret God's word. Yeah. You interpret God's word and then you apply it to the culture you live in. Well, what you said there caught my ear that the comment, the most important thing is to be who you are. Yeah. Now that, if that isn't the antithesis of what the Bible teaches and what a biblical worldview is and the antithesis of the gospel. And to your point, if we apply that to anything else, if if I am who I am (laughs) in my sinful nature, I am opposed in every way to the things of God. Mm-hmm. I will I will rebel. I did rebel. I, I even in my new nature, my old nature hangs on and I have elements of that. But the the gospel says we are separated from God, right? We talk about this a lot when we've gone over our four main points of the gospel according to Jesus and how we do a gospel presentation. The gospel means good news, euangelion, our God reigns. But there has to be bad news for that to be appreciated. And the bad news is we are separated from God and not just separated, because we've talked about that. Some people might think, oh, that's not that big a deal to be separated from God. Well, we're under his wrath. We're under his eternal punishment if we are who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and the point is that that the spirit comes in, regenerates us, and we have a new heart. We're born again, so that we no longer are who we are. We're somebody new, mm-hmm. and it requires being a new creation to to accept the things of God and to follow Christ and to to per, you know to pursue righteousness. And and of course, we still like you always say we we're not perfect in that and. We seek forgiveness and we repent quickly and all those things. But to say to somebody, you have the most important thing is for you to be who you are, is the antithesis of saying the most important thing is for be for you to be who God wants you to be. Well, who He made you to who be. Who He made you to yeah, be. That's well, exactly well, right. But this, all this stuff is. It's not about sexuality. It's not about trans. It's not about homosexuality, or lesbianism. It's really about theology and God's word. It's either our authority or it isn't. And if it's not to say that you really love God when you ignore his word is a lie. Mm -hmm. And it's not the first time. I mean, people have done that for centuries, right? Um, But one of the things that uh, this writer of this article said is the culture of sexual perversion, which is what that is, is tied into a culture of death a culture of decreasing birth rate and abusing children, twisting their mind. And you cannot look at that and not think about that in a spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. It's impacting young people. Jesus said it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the ocean than cause these little ones to stumble. Um, And so, when we think about these things, it could be very discouraging. You can get very discouraged really quick. And that's why this week's passage has been very encouraging for me personally as I've worked through it, because Paul is in the middle of a culture in Corinth that makes our culture look like uh, a really, really nice culture. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you, Corinth is like is like Las Vegas on steroids. Mm at least from a sexual perversion and promiscuity uh, viewpoint. 
And we've looked Monday and Tuesday at how God encourages Paul and us, specifically Paul in this text, uh, chapter 18 of Acts 1 through, um, we looked through 1 through 6 yesterday and, and Monday. And Monday we focused on the divine appointment God brought. He brought Priscilla and Aquila there. He brought them there from Rome. They were tent makers just like Paul. And Paul was would have been encouraged from that. In fact, it says Paul was searching. He was, he found them, uh, not specifically that he was looking for them specifically. He was looking for them generically. He was looking for anybody that would have been a follower of God mm-hmm. because he was by himself. He was alone. And so he found just coincidentally, right, a same trade, same philosophy of life couple named Priscilla and Aquila. And so he was encouraged by that, and he was reasoning in the synagogue every day. We looked at that on Monday. But not only did God use divine appointments, he uses divine affirmation. He sent word to Paul from Timothy and Silas. They show up. They've been away for a long time. They show up. They bring him word that the Thessalonian church is is growing. And, and you know, these are the people that were stiff-arming Paul. And he, right. Chased him to Berea. Yeah. And it's growing. That would have been encouraging. But he brought more. Silas and Timothy brought word and, and support, financial support from Philippi, which would have encouraged him. So these were divine affirmations that God brought into Paul's life there. And today we're looking at the rest of the text, 7 through 11. And verses 7 and 8 bring out how God encourages Paul through divine alternatives. In other words, Paul's going along serving the Most High God, thinks he's going this place, and God says, no, Paul, I'm taking you here. Mm-hmm. You ever have that happen uh, in your life? Occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a divine alternative. But he also encourages Paul through his divine authority when he says, listen, Paul, I'm in charge. You don't have to fear this city. I know you got thrown out of others. I know they beat you, and they did it, but you don't have to worry about being harmed here. I'm in control. Mm-hmm. And that's encouraging to hear that from the most high that, Hey, I got many people in this city and we're going to read that in just a second. But those are the two final encouragements we see in this text, divine alternatives and his divine authority, or should be something that we look to for God to encourage us. He so often when we meet a roadblock, we just get frustrated, get introspective and wonder why God doesn't bless our plan. Why he does not open in a door. And he's saying, I don't want you to go through that door. Mm-hmm. I want you to go over here. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to have you read verses uh, 7 through 11. Then we're going to come back and look at divine alternatives, what God did there, and his divine authority. Okay. So this is Acts chapter 18, <laughs> verses 7 through 11. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people." And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Well, you got to remember, everywhere Paul went, he 
he stirred up the crowd, right? When he was witnessing, there was some pretty intense opposition, and a lot of times he would just go to another place. Well, uh, what uh, what had happened yesterday, we talked about in verse 6, he shook out his garments basically saying, okay, you know, I've shared with you and you guys have rejected. Now I'm going to the Gentiles. And as you read, there was a guy named Titus Justus called a worshiper of God. So picture this. Paul's preaching in the synagogue. And after it's over, you know, he's getting like these looks from a lot of people that don't want anything to do with him. And he's walking out. This guy, Titus, goes, hey, uh, can you help me understand this? Because I ain't getting my needs met here. Mm. This ain't happening for me. Uh, Crispus sees it. He's wondering what's going on. Crispus gets involved, and his whole family comes to Christ. So now the synagogue leader is converted and is following Jesus and believes Jesus is Messiah. There was a worshiper of God who, you know, named Titus Justice, who was a, a Greek, but he was a worshiper of a God who was there. He gets converted, and his house is right next door to the synagogue. So what God does is he goes, okay. Uh, I got a church now right next door to the synagogue in Corinth, one of the most sexually perverse cities in the, the world. I've got a place right next to the synagogue. As Jewish people are going, they're going to go by this church every time they go by. And uh, he brings Titus Justice, who, by the way, could be Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, mentioned in 1 Corinthians one fourteen. When Paul said, I baptize no one except the Christians and Gaius. And um, also mentioned in Romans 6.23. But think about what happened. It says, Titus Justus, Crispus, and many of the Corinthians. So God encouraged Paul through bringing in fruit, just not fruit from the place Paul was primarily going to where he expected it, right? Yeah. And it's amazing how, even though it's different, it reminds me of the first story with the Gentiles, right, of Peter going to Cornelius. And when it says Cornelius's whole family was baptized and believed and was baptized, Cornelius was such a person of influence in that area. So God, uh, God definitely takes care of things, like you said. We're going to take a break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Glad you're with us. You can give us a call at 844 844- 777-7928 if you have a comment or a question and we will be right back. Smart Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary with you here from Jacksonville, Florida. And we are glad you are with us wherever or however you are listening, whether on WMOX or WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH, the Lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia, or here locally on WTRJ, which is 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. That's the truth. You can also listen on the SWAT Radio app or at SWAT Radio 
com. And uh, Doug, I always like to give a, a shout out to James, our uh, Grim, who takes care of the the Spot Radio site, right? And uh, yes, James puts up all the programs and uh, puts little summaries out there of each day's program. And I always say that if you haven't gone out there just to read James' summaries, they're pretty <laughs> it's, funny. It's they? worth it to do that. I always get a kick out of them. So yeah. Yeah, um, you know, um, Paul leaves the synagogue, uh, David, and now he's using the house of Titus Justice as his preaching platform. And um, he continued to have contact with Jews and Gentile proselytes there, and the chief ruler became a believer. What a cool turn of events Mm. that was, um, because it was the ruler's job to make sure the synagogue building was cared for he wasn't just the guy who ruled the synagogue he was kind of a caretaker for the synagogue so and and maybe you're going to get to this and i'm sorry to interrupt you but as a as crispus would have become a believer would he have stayed with the synagogue they would not have let him yeah okay in fact they replaced him we're going to see next week with sosthenes right okay um but this is now the third time that i can remember Acts chapter 10, it's Cornelius, right? And um, uh, and then, um, where else? Uh, Acts 16. It was Acts 16 uh, with um, when uh, Lydia was converted. Actually, and then the, the jailer, their households were right. converted. Right. Whole households. Um, and so... Can you imagine what that did to the people in Corinth that were seeking? There were seekers there because it says many of them believed. And, you know, um, Paul came to Corinth. He he shared the gospel. He baptized and he taught them. And, and Jesus said, hey, I'm with you. I've got many people with you. Nobody's going to harm you. And uh, the... Uh, the freedom that Paul had there from that. I mean, can you imagine how, um, uh, if God gives you a vision to say, Hey, I'm with you, just go on speaking. I know you were, had to go through it in all these other cities, but don't worry. I'm with you here. Yeah. How comforting and assuring that was, but also to see the synagogue leader come to Christ. I mean the synagogue ruler. How how great was that? And we know from other writings what a what a unbelievable heart Paul had for the Jews. Yeah. And he wrote elsewhere, right, that he'd have his own name blotted out if they could be added and uh, to the book of life, and that, that he he agonized over the fact that the Jews as a whole were rejecting Jesus. So this must have been a huge encouragement to him to have the to have Crispus believe. Mm. To your point, well. Um, you know, uh, the the final encouragement that we see is, we, we mentioned it, is the divine authority of God in Paul's life and in our life. God's sovereignty is such an encouragement, and in this case specifically in a wicked city like Corinth, I mean an evil city like Corinth that is just the sewage pit morally of the world. And and God says in this vision, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be silent. Because what happened in every other city Paul went after he started to see fruit, there was always problems. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, no one's going to harm you. I have many in this city. And, you know, David, as I thought about that, it, uh, it, it made me think about Second uh, Timothy 2.19. Can you look that up real quick? I can paraphrase it, but I want you to read it directly. It, 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 bottom line, it says the Lord knows who's his. But I want you to read it, Second Timothy 2, verse 19. Second Timothy 2.19 says, sorry, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So how, how, how does the Lord know those who are his? Because he's God and he wrote their names down before the foundation of the earth. Right. I really struggle to know how anybody can question the sovereignty of God and salvation when their names were written down before the beginning of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It comes down to when you have that discussion, well, I, if somebody says I chose God, you know, you, we at least have to get to the point of, okay, well then why did you choose him? (laughs) Yeah. Did you choose him because you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and, and and thought about it and reasoned it out in your own head and decided you were going to believe? Mm. Or did you believe because the Spirit regenerated your heart because of God's sovereign choosing of you from before the foundation of the world? And, of course, the Bible teaches the latter. Yes, it does. And you have to remember that for Paul, God is encouraging Paul in this statement, I'm with you, no one will harm you, and... He he knows those who are his, and for again for people that struggle with sovereignty, I take them back to the Damascus Road. Paul was not seeking Jesus on the Damascus Road; he was seeking to kill Jesus' followers. And Jesus came to him and said, "Hey, you're mine. Yeah, go to go to Damascus. I'm going to meet a guy there. Oh, and by the way, you're going to be blind for three days." Yeah. Well, we can, and we can, Paul maybe is the most dramatic, but we can point to individuals in scripture throughout scripture that weren't looking for God or certainly weren't looking for the role that God gave them. Moses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it jumps out, but there's lots of them. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm focusing in on Paul because here Paul is in Corinth. Right. One of the most encouraging things about God's divine authority is looking back in your life, seeing how God has moved, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, I remember you telling me, uh, I think you said it last week, maybe. Maybe it was this week we were talking, and you said, you know, you always enjoy doing radio. You always, and here you are getting to share in a radio experience, not talking about sports. That's okay but talking about something that really matters, Mm. somebody's eternal soul, somebody's walking with the most high God, the God of the universe, and God put you here. And and I was going to say, and doing it in from Jacksonville, Florida, if you had said to me 25 years ago, you know, you'll, that I would be in Jacksonville for all these years and doing this here, I never would have pictured that or imagined that. So to the point about where God moves us. And of course that was in our, a recent, right in chapter, uh, 
was that in seven? I, I'll have to find it, but where it talks about God, Paul, the speech in Athens, where mm-hmm. Paul talks about God appointing us the boundaries where we'd live and mm-hmm. the times we'd live there, yeah. right? Yeah. And I never would have thought that I would be in Jacksonville. Well, sure. you know, when you think about Paul's life, now I realize when when God appears to him here and says, don't be afraid, don't be silent, I'm with you, I have many in this city, um, it, it, Paul, think about what he did when he was with Paul in Acts chapter 9, um, and think about what he told Ananias, he's my chosen servant to go to the Gentiles. And I, I, I was just thinking about Paul as a guy who was going to kill Jesus' followers and imprison them. And he says, no, you're going to be my chief spokesman to the Gentiles. You're going to be the guy that takes the gospel Gentiles. I mean, God is so gracious, so merciful. Um, he didn't disqualify Paul. Right. In fact, he just worked on him like he's doing with us our whole life is this sanctification process and look throughout paul's life do you remember in acts 22 um and um acts 22 17 paul says when i returned to jerusalem i was praying in the temple he's given us testimony here he's talking about himself he said i fell into a trance and i saw him meaning jesus saying to me Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly because they won't accept your testimony about him, how God delivered him, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, in Acts 23, it says, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage as you've testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem. Now you're going to go to Rome. And remember what happened between when he had that vision and what happened? He was on a ship that ended up being shipwrecked. Right. And... He's going to testify about him in Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those kind of things carried him through. Even in 2 Timothy 4, when he, he talks about, you know, when when I was before the emperor, nobody came to my defense. I was by myself. But he says I was rescued from the lion's mouth. God was faithful to Paul throughout his life until that moment that God wanted to bring him home. Yeah. And he will be that way with us. Well, too. you've mentioned that before. I think I think when you first hear it, it's a strange thing to hear even to a believer's ears, right? But mm-hmm. the, the idea that we shouldn't worry because we'll be here exactly the number of days God has set for us and, and, and no fewer, right? So yeah. until God has completed in us what he has planned to complete, then we're, we're going to be here. It doesn't I, I, mean we're not going to go through difficult things. That's but. right. Well, I, one of my favorite passages, though, is Acts 27, where Paul says they're in the middle of the storm, right? And they're, they're, they're panicking. And Paul he goes, hey, don't worry. God's told me we're going to be all right. I mean, can you imagine all the people on there? They're like, who is this guy? Well, it's, it, that reminds me of Jesus in the storm telling the disciples, you know, God, Paul heard it right from Jesus. So it's almost the same thing as Jesus telling the disciples, why don't you have any faith? We're going to be fine. Well, Paul trusted in the divine authority of God. He was encouraged by God's sovereignty. And that, along with divine alternatives, divine affirmations, and divine appointments, really encouraged Paul through this time in Corinth. 
And uh, when we come back, I just want to ask our listeners a few questions to think about their own life. We're going to come back after our final break of the day. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And we will be right back. Thanks. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary. Glad to be with you. I almost said Brad Sykes again, but I had Brad on my mind because I wanted to mention that uh, I'm sort of in for Brad, although I'm I'm here somewhat regularly. But uh, we want to keep Brad in our prayers, and he's traveling with family in Texas and dealing with some medical issues in his family. And for so Graham, their grandson, who the surgery did go well. I did get uh, an update. The surgery went well. He's recovering. That's great. And uh, just continue to pray for him during the recovery. A long surgery, tough on that little body. But, mm. you know, kids are resilient. Oh, yeah. They really are. Uh, I'm always amazed at the at the length of time surgeons can, can go for, you know, can deal with uh, performing surgery. When you hear about these, you know, 10, 12, 13-hour surgeries, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so, that their bodies can withstand that, right? Anyway, uh, Brad's going to be out for a little longer, probably including next week. And I know tomorrow, Doug, you've got a guest that you mentioned during the break yeah, uh, named uh, Todd Wagner that you wanted to mention. Yeah, Todd Wagner um, helped start Watermark Church um, as a uh, um, guy who wrote, uh, I think he, he's written a couple of books um, and uh, on and just on discipleship, and um, he is... Uh, did catch a lot of flack for as we went through the whole COVID thing, he kind of took a stand similar to even the stand we kind of took on that and um, um, kind of got some backlash a little bit from that. But he is a, he is a good guy. He shares a great illustration. I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to let him hopefully talk about it tomorrow. Um, but um, really has uh, done a I mean, spoken at Dallas Theological Seminary many times for their chapel services and other places, and 
Uh, I just heard him speak. I was out in uh, Missouri a few weeks ago, and he shared a message that was just really encouraging, talked about his kids and how he's got, I think, seven kids and how he's uh, raised them and, and really taught them consequences. And I was so moved by one of his illustrations. I thought, man, I need to get tied on mm. and have him share. Uh, and so I haven't had him. You know, I've had several people from – the camp he he grew up being a part of that camp out there my kids went to and um then he started that church in dallas that ends up it's a huge church out there watermark church but uh he's going to be the guest tomorrow he has a website now i think called unhindered.org and uh he's going to be with us tomorrow so i hope, hope you'll join us for that and you know doug before the break you mentioned and i know you have a couple questions that you want to pose to listeners of things that they can take away or think about from what we've been talking about today in Acts. But, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that in Acts 9, when Jesus called Paul and and he goes into the city and, and Ananias, you know, hears from God, you know, to, to, to be the one to help Paul and assist him, but that, that God didn't disqualify Paul. Mm-hmm. And, and as a matter of fact, he, he clearly chose Paul, and and it must have been in part, to show that that it, the turnaround had to be from God, yes, right. There was such a huge turnaround in Paul's life that it could only be from God. But but your comment that that God didn't disqualify him, and you know, I know in my own life, I've I've struggled at various times in life, thinking, ah, oh, I'm just such a screw up, and you know, God God can't use me, or God doesn't want anything to do with me. And I think our own uh, sinful nature, our own flesh. Our enemy, lot those things conspire sometimes to to kind of put those thoughts into us, to try to derail us from the things God has for us. Yeah. When in fact, to your point, <laughs> we repent quickly and we we get back on on track. So yeah, we're going to make mistakes, and when God illuminates those areas of either pride, rebellion. Ignorance sometimes. Yep. You know, ignorance is not an excuse. You can't say, I didn't know. No. Uh, then the best thing you can do is repent. I, I was struck, David, I was reading in the Old Testament this morning of uh, in Second Kings about how often, even with evil kings, you know, there was not one good king in Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and after Solomon, all the kings that said they were evil, they did evil. Uh, not one good one. There were some good ones in, in Judah, but not in Israel, not the northern tribes. And even when those evil kings repented, it says sometimes God would relent just because of their repentance. Mm-hmm. And repentance just means saying, hey, I'm going this way. I don't need to be going this way. I want to change. I want to go this way. Yeah. God, can you help me? Yep. But I was thinking about this whole idea of God's divine authority. And, you know, there's a spiritual war going on in our world. So often we disagree with our spouse. We don't hear the enemy or we don't uh, think about the spiritual forces working on our spouse, maybe working through our spouse in our life. We're going to get more into this next week, or, y'all, you know, you will. I, I, uh, but uh, uh, this whole idea of, you know, the, the enemy is never our spouse or our children or our work our worker or our boss, our teacher, whoever, the enemy is Satan. And he will use these people 
to bring attacks into your life. And we forget there's a whole spiritual battlefield going on out there. In fact, I I always like to reference the movie The Matrix because in that movie, it presents what appears to be reality to people. But there's really, it's just a facade. And the reality is the spiritual things that are going on. You know, before Louis Pasteur discovered viruses, nobody would have ever taken a medicine. They wouldn't have mm-hmm. they wouldn't have taken antibiotics. But once he was able to show, hey, there's little viruses, think about now now we wash our hands with antibacterial. We we've created these things to address those things that you never could see. Right. Well, if you go back to uh, the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, the people of Israel were, well, the Syrians were were wanting to harass and conquer the Israelites. And every time the king of Syria would go to do that, God would reveal to Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, the prophet, where he was going to attack from. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he was uh, Elisha would tell the king of Israel, hey, don't go this way because he's going to be there. Sure enough, he'd be there. Well, the king of Syria was getting upset. And he said, I want to find this guy. I want to put a bounty on him, bring him back here. I want to kill him. And so he sent his soldiers to go find Elisha. Well, Elisha and his servant was there, and and the servant was upset. He was scared. Why? Because all these Syrians were coming to get him, him, because he was with Elisha. Right. Well, in verse 15, it tells the story of what happened. I'm going to have you read 15 through 23 because it's a beautiful story of God revealing to somebody who didn't have the spiritual trust or the eyes to see that he was in charge. He had divine authority over everything. And go ahead and read that for me. Okay, so this is Second Kings six fifteen through 20, did you say? 23. 23, sorry. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Okay, stop right there. You're the servant. Do you think, I'm not buying into this, man? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's reality, right? Yep. Yeah. You're it, looking around saying, uh... I don't see that. It, it isn't that where the rubber meets the road on faith. Isn't that really where it comes down to it? Because God is out there, and a lot of times we don't believe he's out there. Right. And and Elisha's telling him that, so go ahead and read. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. Okay, now this is significant. So you got all this army of Syria now blinded and the man thereafter is leading them to 
where he they think he's going to lead them, but they're blinded. Right. They, they, they're just trusting. Right. So go ahead. Right. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they might see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master, and the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. May God bless the reading of his word. That is one incredible story. It sure is. Hey, is is. is there another guy in Scripture that people wanted to capture and kill, and um, instead of them capturing him and killing him, he said, you know what? I'm the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Eat of me and you'll never be hungry. I'm water. Drink from me. You'll never be thirsty. Instead of, and he had the ability to kill them all. Sure. Yeah, his name's Jesus. And, you know, the divine authority of God to protect his people is not for our material blessing, although sometimes that happens. It's for the word of God to go forth and for God to be glorified. Mm. And that's what you see there. So, yep. And of course, we not only with Jesus, but seeing it here, like you said, with Paul. That was the whole impetus for this, right? Paul was in the city and God told him, you're not going to be harmed. Yeah. And so here's the question. If you're discouraged, where are you looking for encouragement? Are you looking to God's people, to God's word, to God's work, his sovereignty? I hope you are. Get in the word today. Thanks for being with us today on SWAT Radio. Be sure to tune in tomorrow when Doug will have uh, Todd Wagner as his guest. And I'll be here on Friday along with Bob Grauman. We will see you then. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual